It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live Health Watch. She's writing a prescription for hope. Here's Michelle. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me. It is Health Watch, and this is the show that gets me canceled more than anything else. What is it in our society about freedom that scares us? What is it that that frightens us so much that the normal discourse of conversation is shut down? What is it about our society where we use that phrase, follow the science? When we say that, we elevate science as if there are irrefutable facts. When science itself has what's called a scientific method, you poke it, you prod it, you challenge it, you bring up new ideas, and then you weigh things out so that the truth can set you free. No one knows this story better because he's lived this story. Scott Shoemaker is a new friend of mine. I happened on a medical conference, a a medical freedom conference, essentially, and met Scott by a fireside at the hotel, just hanging out there. And I'm asking questions about what is this conference going on here as I was there for something else. And boy, what I was exposed to was astounding, especially Scott's story. Now, Scott, thank you so very much for being willing to share your story after you too have been canceled or shut down just for sharing what legitimately took place and the hope that you have to offer to parents who are going through similar things as you did with your son, Scott Shoemaker with Health Freedom Ohio. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you reporting on this issue. I think it's something more people need to hear about. They do. I'm just going to show you at a recent health freedom rally. Why don't we take a a listen to this and this will set the stage for the story that you have been telling and even a video that will show a little bit of your son who had an adverse reaction, you believe, to vaccination. Let's listen. I am with two organizations in Ohio, Health Freedom Ohio and Children's Health Defense Ohio, which just started last week. So we're looking forward to getting that off the ground. But more importantly, I am the father of a child who is injured by vaccines. I recovered him really quickly by taking the garbage out of him that vaccines put in. And I encourage all of you to watch this if you don't think that vaccines can cause things like neurological problems like autism. If you want to see a kid turn around in a matter of months, Go to www.shoemaker.us and watch the video. It's been banned from Facebook. It's been shut down and reposted uh, after several, after millions of views. But I encourage you to watch. And this is part of your story. I really don't understand the shutting down. You show a progression of your child from an autistic state to a calm and more normalized state. I'd like to hear a little bit about your story and then we'll share what you did to help your son that seems to be so very dangerous that it is so vital to take down. We don't want to take down some of the cartel and uh, uh, some of the human trafficking crap that's on there uh, on, on social media, but this is dangerous stuff that we're about to share here. It should come with a warning. Yeah, I, I learned what being canceled was early on. And 
I've been in this movement for 17 years. My son was diagnosed with autism back right around 2005. And when I first got the news, I was kind of shocked. I had an older son that was walking and talking when he was one year old. He was speaking in complete sentences. He was a little freak at <laughs> one years old. I had this other child. Here he is approaching three and he used to talk and he struggled after he received a round of vaccines. Now, to preface this, we walked in to get this round of vaccines and a doctor told us like, this is, he was getting the MMR was one of them that he was getting. And he said, this is the one that the kids seem to struggle with a lot. And so I thought, okay, we'll expect something. So we brought him home. He was very sick. He was sick for like two weeks and really didn't get out of bed. That was a work all day. I hardly saw him. But when he did emerge, he was, is, is, was just a different child. I noticed after a few days that he didn't really say any of the words that he used to say. His face was drooping, almost like staring off into space a little bit. And it, it was very troubling to me, but I it was the father in denial. I thought, oh, the doctor said he was going to have some problems, but he'd be fine. Months went by and things didn't get any better. As a matter of fact, they got worse. He received an autism diagnosis, which I had no idea what it was. Back in 2005, it wasn't. You didn't see it as much. Yeah, you, know, you saw Rain Man sure. or, or Mercury Rising or one of those shows. That's what I thought of autism. So it was a shock. Nobody told me that word until he got this diagnosis. I knew something was wrong. So I went through a lot of struggles as a dad. I went for the first two weeks. I was really, you know, depressed and, and felt guilty about being in this place because I should have known. And I was in denial. So I went from denial to panic. Um, trying to figure out what to do and then from panic to action. And I thought if I had this child, I was going to figure out what I could do to make his life the best that I could. And if I could beat this, that I would. So I stayed up every night, probably till three o'clock in the morning. People told me I would spend you know, anywhere from, you know, 20 to $200,000 on helping my kid a year. And I want to make sure that I put the resources in the right place. So I started doing research mostly on behavioral therapies because that's what was recommended to me and i just happened to listen downstairs to a tv news story and it talked about parents thinking that vaccines or a vaccine ingredient could have caused their kids autism so i jumped up i ran over to the rail i was sitting in this very seat and i looked down um, at my television and saw this story where People were saying this happened right after vaccines and the light bulb clicked. I'm like, this is when exactly when this happened for me. It was just so obvious. I thought other parents have this story. So this is crazy. And they talked about uh, mercury preservative, thimerosal, which was very prevalent in vaccines back. They've taken a lot of it out, most of it out, but they've tripled the amount of aluminum, which is also a, a neurotoxin. And I thought, well, if, if it had anything to do with this ingredient vaccines or any type of metals he would exhibit symptoms of mercury poisoning. So the first thing I did was I ran over to my computer and I looked up symptoms of mercury poisoning. And I realized that they're exactly the same as autism. Exactly. And if you put it with mercury poisoning over here and you put another one over here with autism, you, you challenge an expert, which one has which, you know, which child has the, has the autism. They would not be Amazing. able to determine that. And it was, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is it. If you inject a child with something and immediately... Afterwards, he starts exhibiting symptoms of being poisoned by it. 
why wouldn't you treat it? Exactly. Now, think about this. We'll continue that story, but let's just linger here for a moment. Think about that. If you, uh, if you feed your kids something and they right away have symptoms of something foul you're thinking what did they eat if you go trick-or-treating they're digging into candy and they're frothing at the mouth and something's going on you're thinking oh my gosh poison candy this is how you think as a parent it, it and things started to line up for you i wanted to just take a moment for those who are the lights just coming on and they're starting to understand some some of the experience that people have had with COVID vaccines that aren't being reported or forcing people like you to look for, okay, what's going on? What has happened? And they're not finding it in the mainstream media. So I wanted to just talk briefly about these adjuvants that, that you were talking about about mercury in particular or aluminum there are these and other things that have been placed in vaccines in order to preserve shelf life to make them to make your body react quicker or faster derivatives from peanut oil had been used and then we wonder why there was such an upsurgence in people not being able to handle peanuts. We can't have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, an American staple in our schools any longer. There have been direct ties and it doesn't take a genius to, to remember that old game, connect the dots. It's not hard to connect the dots. And many parents like you, Scott, we did what we were supposed to do. We took care of our kids. We, got them their vaccines because we love them, but no one ever talked to us about some of the other ingredients, the adjuvants that are placed in these things. Yeah, I I trusted the system. You can probably find things online about me and people, you know, the easy way people want to explain what I have to say is, oh, he's just an anti-vaxxer. I vaccinated my kids, all all three of them. (laughs) I tell people, I held my kid's hand over the fire and they got burned. What kind of parent would I be if I lined them back up to keep getting these vaccines after they've been injured by them? And my daughter was going down the same path and when we realized what was going down on with my son, we basically stopped vaccinating her. And all of a sudden, all of her problems started going away. We treated her the same way, similarly to my son. But you mentioned science and People um, don't really want to look at the science. They want to hear what the media has to say. They'll listen to media sound bites about the science. If they watch the commercials, they realize who's creating the news. It's seventy percent pharma funded in, in many cases. Oh my they, gosh! Watch the commercials of any news station, and you will see that you'll see these happy people running through. And look, I can no longer have uh, psoriasis now. My brain may leak out my anus. I might have penal explosion. <laughs> Or, or whatever the crazy side effects may be. But look, I'm, I'm a happy, better person. It's as though we have gotten so used to the propaganda. I have no problem with vaccines 
in general, the idea of vaccinations, the idea of medication that can help. But we're not looking to heal people. We're looking to treat symptoms. And we are not allowing dialogue. You had mentioned mercury an ingredient, an adjuvant in vaccines. Because of the backlash, finally, they had to go, okay, and they've backed off of that. But if you don't hold their feet to the fire, then you are like the parent that you mentioned, holding your child's hand over the fire and wondering why they got burned. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. If you want to talk about this mercury alone, I think it's more than just vaccines and more than just that ingredient that caused my son's problems. But the early 2000s and there was supposed to be a meeting about thimerosal being in vaccines and there's a book uh, evidence of harm by david kirby and he goes into it a a lot where this meeting was scheduled for september 13th of 2001 where they were going to get all originally the american association of pediatrics was on board and they said yeah this could be the problem that this could be why there's such a surge in autism here in the 90s went along right along with the surge in vaccines after the 1986 act was signed but anyway this meeting was supposed to take place and well, obviously on september 11th things changed so it was two days before and you want to think about how, how an, an event can change something like medical 9-11 really did I mean, this could have been out in the open way back then if that meeting would have taken place but now everybody's focused on we got three buildings destroyed and thousands of killed in, in this country, we've got to focus on that. And it got pushed aside. And while it was pushed aside, I think things were starting to cover up. And now it's to a point where, you know, the science is for sale. I think you have people like Anthony Fauci. And, and if you haven't read this book, I would recommend reading it. it. It is by Bobby Kennedy Jr. And it blows the lid off of everything going on with COVID, with AIDS research, everything. Thank you for bringing that up. That book is a bestseller, but you may not even know about it. The New York Times, for example, has turned away a full-page ad. They did a full-page ad, and then they backed away from this full-page ad because, well, it's uh, this awful, our community standards, it doesn't meet. The shutting down of information, I don't care if you agree or disagree. You should be outraged. You should be scared for your very freedom and future when we get to the point where we cannot have a debate. Look, I say this on my Michelle Live all the time as you're listening, watching, or viewing. The Bible itself, God says, test me, try me, prove me. He says, come, let us reason together. If God isn't afraid of you coming to him with the hard questions, then Anthony Fauci, sit down and shut up. Yeah. Basically, he's the Godfather. He, he will fund he will fund research, but if it does, if, he, if they do not get the results that he wants, or these companies that he represents that they want, it, that lab will never get any money for research again. And it's sad. That's how science is done in this country, and it's really pathetic. And, it's and that's not real millions. science. But let's talk a bit about Joshua. We'll have a link at mymichellelive.com where you can watch this video in its entirety. But you're going to look at some footage of Joshua during this regressive time. And I can't even, cannot even imagine, Scott, 
how you must have felt. You shared a bit about it, the the guilt, because you oh, you held your hand, his hand over the fire, the frustration, the loss. You're watching your child fade before your very eyes. Over Let's three watch. years old. Today is, what's today? Today is June 2nd, and he has been diagnosed with autism. We are... We have been going through a biomedical approach with him. He has just completed allergy treatments. What'd you say? What? Really? What else? Okay, you're making me dizzy. Um, let's take a look hey, at Joshy. a fast forward. This is after treatment. Yeah, I can't look. Well, look, let me show you something, okay? This was after four and a half months. Who's that? Who do you see there? Joshua. That's right. Joshua. That's precious. Does Joshua have any recollection of this time? No, interesting. He was diagnosed with moderate autism, and he, the treatments that we used, obviously, were for mostly metal poisoning and and what i want it's important to say like what you just showed was four and a half months apart he went from a kid who couldn't point wave say mommy or daddy to a one who not only speaks but speaks in complete sentences and that was just only from treating him with for metal poisoning and he never had one day of the 40 hours a week of behavioral interventions that were rec that were uh, recommended to us it was that's why his story really got because a lot of doctors I had said, well, how do you know it wasn't the behavioral interventions that, that I'd showed this to? They, they were questioning what I did. I said, because he hasn't okay. had any. And then they're just like, oh, no. so really blew a lot of them away because they'd never seen anything like that before. What's troubling to me is we play Russian roulette to a degree with vaccines. If we do not know what the risks really are, are able to talk about the risks. We cannot talk about the help. If we take down videos like yours, which ha has gotten canceled, mysteriously disappearing at times, if we don't uh, offer, look, this can happen with vaccines. Here's what you can do if that happens. But if that's not allowed, what have we turned ourselves into, Scott? I think one of the things, one of one of the things that kept that, that I I kept hearing was, you don't have any proof that's what fixed your kid. It, it was their argument was it could be messing up a lot of people, but I've helped hundreds of families get started in this, and probably ninety percent of them will see something in their kids. There's nobody that's ever come back and said I'm I'm upset that I tried this, and even if they didn't see anything. I think there's, and in the video I talk about, it's not just metals and that type of thing, it's viral and fungal overgrowth, uh, bacterial, there's all kinds of other issues that could be taking place, food allergies, they all need looked at. But I agree with you, I think we put too much trust in the medical system, we don't question it. I didn't question it. Now I question everything. I look at, especially with, recently with the COVID vaccines, oh, I'm questioning all of that. Yeah, I don't um, understand what happened to our society. Look, I, I don't, I'm not going to guess your age, but I'm going to tell you 
my my mom was this hippie left wing hippie freak. I loved her dearly, and that's what I grew up with, with a very strong teaching to question authority. And it is so funny to watch some of those voices from the 1960s and and 70s that were question authority that are now submit to authority how things have changed. There is absolutely nothing wrong with asking these questions. And here's an, an example. We know with COVID vaccines, we know with other vaccines that there are adverse effects. They, we have the vaccine adverse event reporting system that shows that even if a portion of those were true, it shows that there are some issues here. We should be prepared. If there's an earthquake, Scott, we have people that will help you. Make sure you have your bug out bag. Make sure this is what you do in the case of of this kind of an emergency. If there's a fire, make a plan for your family. But when we inject things that have a danger to them, we don't want anyone to have a plan. And we do know that there's a a Harvard Pilgrim study. And that study from Harvard said that less than 1% of all vaccine-related adverse events are captured in VAERS. So there's a 100 times multiplier there. If that is indeed true, even if just what we see is true or a portion is true, we should be talking about it. Um, and yet we haven't. <laughs> and it's getting and it, it's gotten to an epic level because now we have governments and the state of California has something like six bills that they're going to be looking at this week. And many of them cover vaccine mandates, lowering the age of consent and things of that nature. And we aren't following science. We aren't questioning the science that they're giving. It doesn't give us a lot of hope. And so there are people who are floundering out there that's why you're not staying silent you want to give those people hope absolutely as far as what you said about asking questions you know for some reason society will not allow you to ask legitimate questions not even on the news you cannot question question what's already in place and that is beyond what the definition of science is it's constant reevaluating things there's no science that's settled. Science is always constantly changing. And to say the science is settled, I think is pretty arrogant <laughs> for people to think that I've got the solution, this is it, and don't question it. Safe and effective does not mean that it can cause serious injury and death. And that really bothers me that that's what's pumped into our heads about some of these medical products that are being put out there. You go to the VAERS database alone, which you discussed. There's a good there's a good website called openvares.com. And you can go up there and look at all of the things reported for the, the just the COVID vaccine. And, and it's well over 22,000 deaths. I haven't checked it lately. It's openvares.com. Okay. And you could look at all the hospitalizations that were reported. And you got to remember that this is only a fraction. Like you said, this is only a fraction. So if there's only 22,000 people in there, imagine how many there really are that have died from this vaccine. My aunt had a heart attack on the same day she received her second Pfizer vaccine. It was not reported in this database. As serious as that was, 
she checked and it was never reported. Most things go unreported. Wow. Uh, this is something that we just ignore to our own peril. We do know that with the COVID vaccine, there have been great adverse effects. We don't know what to do. There are good doctors out there that uh, can recommend some natural healing um, herbs and foods that we can eat that can uh, offstay maybe the myocarditis, some of the heart issues or the uh, inflammation that can be part of getting this vaccine, but we're not even allowed to talk about it. I put this up on the screen briefly. It's the scientific method. You and I talked a little bit about it and we have forgotten. And that's why this is, remember at the beginning of COVID, Scott, and they said, here's how to wash your hands, sing happy birthday. It's and you're rolling your eyes going, did we learn this in kindergarten? What the heck, what the heck was everyone else doing if they were watching? Anyway, it's like we have to go back to grade school and learn, here's the scientific method. Ask a question, state a hypothesis, conduct experiments, analyze results, make a conclusion, and then go back to step one. You keep asking, you keep prodding, you keep asking these questions. That's what the scientific method is. We have lost that ability. Do you know what else we've forgotten from grade school? Or maybe we were so busy learning how your your whiteness, Scott, is the problem. Oh, and your maleness, too. What do I have you on my show for? Is the problem to all society. We have forgotten that there's this thing called an immune system. And having a healthy immune system is a good thing. So much so that... I was on a thread on social media, no lie, and someone was saying, don't forget you have a natural immune system. And a, a, a Gen Zer, a Zillennial, I'll say, came on and said, what are you talking about? And they said, you have an immune system and you have to work your immune system. It needs to be exposed to things so it can get stronger. Where's your science on that? They quipped back. I've never heard of such a thing. And we're like, oh. Ouch. This is where we're at, Scott. This is where we're when, when I was young, I got 10 vaccines, I think maybe eight to 10, and I was fully vaccinated. Yeah. And now many kids of us are didn't. getting upwards of 72 until they're fully vaccinated. And I haven't gotten any of those, but I'm considered fully vaccinated. Unfortunately, we're assaulting our kids' immune systems. And if you if people are wondering why there's so many immune immunocompromised children, in this world today, which you mentioned earlier with peanut allergies. If you go and inject aluminum hydroxide into somebody, it's going to hyperstimulate your immune system. And if you've eaten peanuts or other things that you can develop an allergy in that time, your body's going to look and see what's foreign in the system, not just what was injected into you, but what's foreign in your body. And it's going to start tagging those things. And when you reintroduce peanuts into the system, it says, ah, oh, that's what caused that you know reaction last time. We're going to attack. So it goes on the attack. All of a sudden, you have an anaphylactic reaction. It could kill a child. Now, what's worse, having a measles for a week or a peanut allergy that's life-threatening? Well, I'll take measles. That, good point. Yeah. Now, we're uh, coming to the end of our time together, so I wanted to talk a bit about what you did with Joshua that had such a great turnaround. Okay, that might be a whole other show, but um, I can Let's have a, a whole other show. I would love that, but let's give a quick rundown. <laughs> okay, what I, what I can tell you is what I the first thing I did immediately was treat him for metal poisoning. I usually tell parents to start with a diet to make sure a diet will help a lot of kids. But 
the first weekend when I treated, started treating him, he turned around. He was playing with his sister, who he was afraid of. He was pulling the binky in and out of her mouth. He wouldn't go near her. And I got home, and I thought, this is, this is crazy. And I thought this was this couldn't be true. But we did that for about five or six months, and then we went into you know, he leveled off and he peaked. There's a lot of cool stories in the in, in between there, but. Then we added antivirals, natural antivirals, like olive leaf extract and antifungals, just all natural antifungals. I couldn't go with prescriptions because I really didn't want to put any synthetic drugs into his system. But anyway, uh, I would say over the course of the year, he was 90% recovered. And we continued to treat him for metal poisoning probably for almost the next year. And I, you know, never really know when to stop when do you stop and i was speaking to a doctor who passed away andy cutler i didn't use this protocol but he, we were very good friends and and he said that i said when do you stop he goes when your child starts acting normal again and then i said okay he got to that point and it was about yeah years. and then he becomes a teenager you're going now we need to treat him for something else speaking of normalcy but <laughs> there's nothing more beautiful though than having a child who you see their trajectory um maybe ineffective being able to interact with society and then seeing them change and take on normal crazy teenage behaviors what a relief that must be for you as a parent how long do for many people who have had uh, adverse reactions, and, and though a lot of us have, have been vaccinated, we I was vaccinated when I was a child until my mom said, you know what, I'm, I'm not so sure. She was weird back then. People didn't understand that there weren't support groups back then for people who said, wait, there's been some problems. But I guess when we look at people who have had these adverse effects. My question is, how long do some of these things linger in the body? And when you're looking at maybe young adults, autism and such, can you still attribute that possibly to something injected 18 years ago? It's good that you brought that up because I, I always think that there were a number of things that caused my, my son's problems. And my first son, oh. he went through and he didn't have any problems. He went through the same point. vaccines. Very good point. And there, one of the things that I thought, that one of the things that was different is we moved into a new house and we got top of the line carpeting. I knew they got the carpeting places. Oh yeah, get this stuff and it's spill something on it. It's not going to stain, but it, it outgasses and we're breathing this stuff. When I started to treat my son for metal poisoning, the first thing that he started dumping was animony, which is a flame retardant. We would take urine and stool tests. And he was off the charts for what an adult male should have in his system by two and a half times. And I wow. thought, animony, where, where did he get this? And I realized it was my house. So if you have a child that was born, he was poisoned in utero. I'm sure all of us were affected. Oh, we're by toxic sure soup. It's true. But when you have a child that's born already toxic or, 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 or having a toxicity and with one or several particular metals and then you inject something more toxic like mer mercury which is the second um most toxic thing you can inject behind plutonium plutonium i've been told and I... all of a sudden your body's resources are working on getting the stuff that's easy to get rid of all of this other stuff so where's this mercury going to go it's going to go settle on the soft tissues of your brain and your organs and that's what i believe happened with him okay and how long does that last 
if you're looking at someone who's maybe 16, 17, 18, or even into their adult years, is that still an effect? It depends. I think a lot of it has to do with genetics. There's a gene called the MTHFR gene, which can dictate how well you can detox from certain things. Now, some people have very good genes where they can get rid of this stuff easily and, and others struggle. And if you're an older child, I've found with the parents that have helped the younger the child, the easier it is to recover. Because if there's a if there's a problem with a child's detox system, then or, or immune system, then he's not going to get rid of these metals. He's just going to accumulate them over the years, and he can just get more and more toxic. So I think with everybody, it's different. There's no one size fits all with this. Everybody mm -hmm. says, I want to know exactly what you did. And I'm like, well, I can tell you exactly what I did, but it might not be the magic bullet that's going to fix your kid or all kids. No, or even you know, all of us. When you And this is where I want to bring it home to everyone. Uh, we, have, we have toxified ourselves. I mentioned that we're like a toxic soup. We expose ourselves to chemicals and the things we wash our hair with or the things that are in our food or the carpet the things that are in our household, the paints, and all of those have an accumulative effect. The idea of vaccines, medications, or even shampoos are glorious. We need to wash our hair. But if we're not paying attention to what we're doing to our body, if we're not talking about the accumulative effect, we don't realize that maybe some of the problems we're having all these years later after getting our vaccines as kids with autoimmune disorders, lupus, even depression, anxiety, there are a lot of things that can take place because, well, we poisoned ourselves. That effect can take place with our children and then we add in some of the adjuvants or things that are in a vaccine and it can have a bombing effect on their health that's why we must talk about it so that we can make better decisions so that we can keep our kids healthy so that if we do get our children vaccinated we can prepare them adequately we can make sure that we are watching them and we can know what to do should there be adverse effects that just seems uh logical to me but then again we're not living in the most logical world Scott, final question. What hope do you, would you like to communicate to parents and families out there? Information. I'm going to put uh, both your website, Health Freedom Ohio, and your Facebook page on My Michelle Live. You're looking at them if you're watching this program. What hope would you have for parents and families? If I could get my, my son back to lose his diagnosis in a very short time, I, all kids, it, it's possible for all kids to do it. And there are kids up into their teens that I've known that, that have recovered from this type of thing. I would not accept what uh, the medical community told me that, okay, well, there's really nothing you can do about it. I went above and beyond, and I encourage every parent out there to find the answer for their own children. It could be diet, it could be detox, any of a number of things that can help your child. Yeah. And I want to communicate beyond children as you're watching or listening. We've all experienced this COVID craziness. 
what we don't always talk about is that since COVID and since vaccines, female infertility saw a 472% increase. Pulmonary embolisms, 468%. Um, this is where we're looking at some real big problems. This even CDC data had an 84% increase in death of millennials after this mandate was put into place. And so if we're not looking at, uh, wow, there could be some problems, we can't help people when they choose to get a vaccine. We can't help people afterwards. We need to talk because in freedom of the exchange of ideas, the truth eventually comes out. And as we say, my Michelle Live, we always like to look for that deeper story, that message of hope. The Bible says the truth will set you free. Look for the truth. Dig deeper. Don't let the cancellation of ideas scare you away from looking and finding what is true, what is good, what is pure, what is lovely, what is of good report. If there anything is praiseworthy, look on these things. Look for these things because it's out there. And there are great people like my new friend, Scott, who I so love. We sat by this gorgeous fire at you and another friend from Seattle which uh, is where I live. And we just chatted by this fireside. I heard your story and it was, it was so exciting that you don't have to do this, Scott. You don't have to come under the condemnation. You don't have to come under the ire. You could just go about your life. Your son's doing fine. Life's good. But instead you choose to speak up to help give hope to other families who are feeling hopeless. You're a hero, and I thank you very much for what you do and for coming on the show today. Well, thank you, Michelle. Please keep in touch. Oh, absolutely. You're my buddy now. I appreciate it. And you, as you're watching, listening, viewing, like us, share us, share this message of hope. I'm for Michelle. more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.